text each other about reality television, right? Because yeah. I remember, don't you remember like when, I guess it was almost a year ago in SLC. Yes, it was SLC. I was going to say that was the birth and now we have the second season, which is so fitting. But I think there's something about Libra season and I don't know what it is, but it's making me very nostalgic. Hmm. And I've just been thinking a lot about the beginning of Salt Lake City and kind of feeling like strangely so excited to like be present in the historical moment of a new like uh, city in the franchise. Um, it's so funny because Kardashian Colloquium started that YouTube channel uh, and their first one is what city is the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just keep thinking about how the it's uh, it's so related to me to the to the Real Housewives almost. It's almost like this mashup, and mm-hmm. I think that I was finding it like kind of uh, I don't want to say weird, but I think that it was almost uncomfortable for me to associate the Kardashians like with the city for their identity because it's like their city is Calabasas, like they are Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, like for me, like the the city orientation or like the place name is it's all about the the people who are more um, obsessed with becoming famous. You know, it's the real nobodies. It's the real older woman. It's not the people who, you know, that, like, like have have attach, that have to attach themselves to a location. Right. And it's not the family. It's the it's the individual. And that's always, you know, so I think that I just figured out why I was like, why does that sound strange to me? And I think it's because like the whole point of the city is the Bravo Housewives. For sure. I I also think that um, I remember when Salt Lake came out, I was like, oh, weird city choice. So we have been watching the new season Mm -hmm. of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which um, began with, which was teased with a pretty like iconic tra- two minute trailer that featured um, the footage of Jen Shaw's arrest. It, she's not put in handcuffs in the footage, but she's on a bus. She gets a phone call. She tells them to turn her mic off. There's helicopters swirling. And that's kind of what sets the tone for this season. Um And then the season has begun and it's doing a very classic thing that Beverly Hills has just done where the public knows that Erica's 
in hot water. And, and that's, that's the teaser for the show, but we start the show and everyone's because it's in the past where everyone's pretending that, or everyone's just like having a normal relationship with her, but there's this kind of like impending doom that's driving both of these seasons, the Beverly Hills and Salt Lake. And, you know, like the editing, the Bravo editors are pulling no punches, you know, like in the <laughs> episode, the first episode, I think Jen says, like as a joke, well, I haven't been to jail yet. And you're just like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> well, it's, it, to me, it seemed, it seems very desperate. You mean like to be on the show? No, no. I mean, editing it in that oh. way. Okay. I've been thinking about this a lot actually, where, and you know, hear me, I would, I would, I want to know what you think about this, where it's like when the Kardashians started or even just like the survivor, just like the, like when reality TV was becoming really big, it was, a, it was never about big life things that happened. It was literally about the banal and the mundane, right? Yeah. Like the first episode of the Kardashians is like anniversary party. And the biggest thing that happens is that like Kendall and Kylie, who are children, go in the stripper pool, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, the Kardashians are over social media and even just like the news cycles have adapted to the like technology of the present like no longer news stories in the past like not that they ever were in the past tense but it's like you really needed to wait to see a story even if it was just a day after it it happened but now I feel like we're used to because of the internet or just like because of technology or because of technologies which make us able to connect in the present tense. I think that the reality show, which for the majority of the 21st century thus far has like defined reality as something that is kind of already in the past. I think now it's like needing to adjust. So I think that the the reason you're watching it now is not to understand the dailiness of people because there's so many other easier ways that you can keep up with the dailiness. I think that now it's like, it's like true crime. And you see that with Beverly Hills as well, where it's like now the drive is like, oh shit, we know that this is happening in the present. So what happened in the past? You no longer think that it's the past or the present. Now you know it's the past. Yes. And I think that there's like this, this kind of, um, like the attraction is like that you're going to get to see behind the scenes, right? which has just been adjusted because like these shows have always been the behind the scenes. I think especially like Real Housewives was definitely, we've talked about this, but was really branded as like a behind, like a day in the life of the, the wealthy, you know, like the, the beautiful and wealthy and especially Beverly Hills is like the rich and famous. And mm-hmm. so that's the attraction for, you know, an average American to watch it is you want to see how they're actually living their lives. And that was definitely the impetus for a lot of those original shows. And the thing is, it's, it's, that's interesting because it, it is still about behind the scenes, but it's like, you're, you want to get the behind the scenes of a specific event that, you know, has gone down. So I think that Jen's arc in Salt Lake City is going to be even very different from Erica's because in some of the clips we've seen and I was and I was listening to a podcast doing my research and um, (laughs) they were saying how like 
you know, I guess Heather Gay went on Watch What Happens Live and somebody was saying like, well, how is this different from the Erica like um, accusations? And Heather was like, well, like Jen is actually like open to talking about it. Like Jen talks about it on the season. Like she really opens up her world to see what she's going through which is really interesting because like Erica is kind of doing that by being like, my life's a mess, but she's not (laughs) giving you actually anything. And so like, I'm very, and and Jen, I've been rewatching old Salt Lake Mm. and I feel like an investigator. I'm literally like, I'm like looking, I'm like, oh my God, they must've seen that. They must've tallied her shoes because there's this one season where they go shopping and they like show all the things they've bought. But also I'm like, Jen is absolutely off her rocker. And like, she's gonna, this season, she's gonna pop the fuck off. (laughs) Well, Chris showed me this really weird YouTube video, which is one of Jen's many assistants, like filmed her at like a, like a meeting. Yeah. And she is screaming at her assistants no, but it's like beyond because I think that on the show she knows that she needs to like act in a certain way, right, to her assistants. Yeah. But you can tell that there's like a stilted quality yes. in the way that they react to her. And I saw this YouTube video uh, that I can send you, and she's basically just like, you're a bitch you're a stupid motherfucker like how dare you talk to me like that like you fucked this up you fucked my life up like and she just goes on it's like 10 minutes long and you have to turn it off because it's so horrible but I think that that even is an example of like a more immediate rendition or a truer rendition of who she is I think the show is true in terms of who she wants to be like the show is like the the show is I think that another reason why like the real housewives or any reality television franchise people like it's not true it's not true but I think that that's almost like a Deleuzian um misstep where we were just talking about Deleuze indifference and repetition and Deleuze is saying like the the concept of difference is at the heart of repetition mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of what Deleuze means by difference are like socially agreed upon standards of what differentiates an object for another one mm-hmm. and I think that truth like the differentiation of truth and untruth is a huge example mm-hmm. of that right because I think that it's like you are seeing a truth in Salt Lake City but it's the truth of desire. It's the, it's the truth of presentation. I have been obsessed with the idea of like the pursuit of truth in the Real Housewives franchises for a really long time because it's very interesting to me because I feel as though the shows sustain themselves on the idea that, that the truth is what needs to come out and that they're pursuing the truth. But everyone is always lying and there's always mistruths. But the reason the show moves forward is somebody like admits that they didn't tell the truth or somebody says, I'm sorry. And then you can move forward. But the kind of what's true and what's not true has been magnified in these two 
franchises right now, very specifically, because it's like, it's a truth that is outside of the show that it, and interestingly, like maybe we consider it like a legal truth, right? Like how does a legal conception of the truth change the way that they deal with it? Because you see in Beverly Hills, you see them using the same mechanisms that they do when they're like in little fights to the Erica, put applying those to the Erica situation, you know, like Kyle kind of treating it like it's a drama thing of the plot. And then you have cast members like Sutton or Garcelle who are like, no, no, this is like a real life legal situation. There's this whole new idea or this whole, maybe not new, but I don't know, the idea of like a legal truth being present and having to pursue that like changes the dynamics. And I feel like it kind of just amplifies that the show's always been about like who's lying and who's not. And and this kind of illuminates that like, they're not lying just to each other. Like they're lying on these larger scales or they're, you know, I don't know, being duplicitous. Yeah. Duplicity is a, is the whole, is the huge plot point in all these shows, right? Like you're not being who you say you are, you're two-faced, you're talking behind my back. I think that actually this is an instance as you're saying of like, when these women are confronted with situations mm-hmm. that are realer than we've ever seen them confront on the show, all of a sudden it brings to the fore how false their mechanisms of truth-telling are or their mechanisms of sociality are. Yeah. Because it's like I like Kyle is – you just realize that Kyle doesn't – care really about everyone being friends or Kyle doesn't care about like equality among the friend group yeah Kyle cares about Kyle and Dorit cares about innocence and you know Kathy Hilton cares about Kathy Hilton so you know Sutton and Erica are kind of embroiled in a bit of like a conflict because Sutton has been talking to Kyle and saying like I don't believe a word this bitch is saying and I'm not afraid right. to tell her. And so Kyle, because Kyle is an OG housewife. She makes the rules, people. All right. She basically is like very warm to Sutton. What she's enticing this information out of her. She's getting Sutton to admit that she doesn't believe Erica. She's getting her to say, I don't believe her. I believe she's lying. It's also, we can get to this, but like, it's also all about the pursuit of truth is all about language and like tripping people like no you said that or you used this word it's a lot words are hugely important like what you accuse somebody of doing is hugely important but and how you accuse them of doing it right and so basically you know there's a scene where Sutton and and Erica are in a room together they're all at a Christmas party and Crystal is like and Crystal's a new cast member and Crystal is like oh, well, they're just not going to be friends. Like, that's just like how it's going to be. Like, they're not going to make up. And Kyle, Kyle looks at her and you can kind of see in Kyle's eyes being out. She's Kyle's like, that's not how this works, babe. (laughs) The show works. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, That's not how the show works. Like, don't, haven't you, don't you know, like everyone hates each other. We pretend to like each other. Then we hash it out and then it moves forward and we have reunions and new seasons. But that's what you were even saying about uh, Meredith on the first season of SLC. And I doubted you like Gemma, the first season of SLC, you were like, Meredith is winning because she is 
not disclosing information. Mm-hmm. And you were like, and you're supposed to disclose and she's not, she's withholding and that's making her powerful. And now all of a sudden she's like the hero of season two. Yeah. But I kind of see a similar thing even happening with Crystal where because she's like totally defying the rules yeah. of being a housewife, she's saying, no, fine, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to pretend like they're friends. Like, we're just going to actually make this show very real in being like, yeah, we're just being fucking fake all the time. And we're here because of the show and because of the paycheck. Like, right. And Crystal so I also- see her having power. I see her having power. She does it in her interpersonal interactions. Like when she has her fight with Sutton, she doesn't wait till episode, till fight number five. She doesn't let it embroil. When, when shit hits the fan, she looks her in the face and says, you're an awkward person. Like, right. it just cuts right to the punch. And you're like, and that was kind of crazy. Cause I was like, oh, wow, that, that, that drama should have like continued for the whole season. And Crystal just like, shut it down i actually am gonna have to disagree with you on which for that one odd for for uh for for saying that it should have played out later in the season Mm -hmm. i actually i what i've noticed is that and you see this in any like narrative reality show as opposed to like the competitive reality shows right Mm -hmm. but you can see this in some of the competitive ones like bachelor in paradise but whatever there just like how in the episodes there's the plot A and the plot B in the seasons, right? There's the plot A and the plot B. But what's uh, what's fascinating is that even in the episodic structure, they 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 thematically interact, mm-hmm. or they even uh, interact because like Kim Kardashian is in the plot A and the plot B, but. In plot A, she's a secondary character, and in plot B, she's like the number one character. Yeah. I think that in the like in the in the narrative of this season, I think that they were doing a lot with the character of Sudden, right? So in the beginning, Sudden is like this. Um, she's bad, right? She's racist. She's awkward. She's horrible. She doesn't know what to say. She can never quite tell the truth. But I think that her move towards like egalitarian truth giver, I think that that is the narrative of the show because it can't just be the legal plot line. The show can't be about Erica. So they have to make it like the thread that they understood was sudden. Yes, you are. That's totally spot on. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's spot on. Like, cause Sutton also was getting a redemption arc as a character. Exactly. Everyone that used to hate her now loves her, but yes, like Sutton is the link that creates interpersonal drama that we're used to because Sutton is now embroiled in interpersonal drama with Erica. Right. Even, but because of this legal situation, yeah, right. Totally. That's totally spot on. There, have you ever actually, have you looked at that blog ever, uh, Keeping Up With The Continuity Errors? No. It's fantastic. It's like these girls who just like watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians more meticulously than we do. <laughs> and they have a blog of like the dates when everything happened. Oh, and that's amazing. Like, actually, this is stupid because like this happened before this scene, but it was like played in this way. So it's like really a focusing on like the editing room and mm-hmm. how much that plays into the narrative. So uh, we don't know, but no, we don't. 
I think that if, if I can just take a brief guilty moment to dive into the psychology of, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name now. Sutton? No, the other one, Crystal Crystal. of Crystal. I think that Crystal perhaps believed that she could make a like social justice point. I think that she, she thought that by being the first Asian American woman in the franchise or on Beverly Hills, at least like she can make a political statement. But I think that what you, you realize is that it's not a political statement. It actually just adds to the narrative arc of the white woman who is sudden. Yes, definitely. I I do believe that that drama point was used as a link to carry us to the Erica stuff. And it works because Sutton is the through line. This is Sutton's big season. You know, like she's the one at the center of both of these big dramas. Um, Yeah. I mean, it just makes me think about like the, I just always, I guess I'm just like in this headspace or something. Maybe it's like something about me, but like, you know, this is like that these shows are really changing. Like the chemistry of them is changing. Like the, like the, like the fact that we're watching two seasons play out side by side where like the drama is an extra show drama. Like that's like not part of the, but that's like being handed down by like real, like legal or like policing bodies that's not about people in the show but like that that because salt lake's gonna do the same thing where they're gonna make the interpersonal drama about the accusations against jen and about jen's lawsuit like like they've they've they're teasing it and and it's gonna be and meredith is gonna be sutton like that's gonna be the link because meredith and jen are having a fight and and then in the clips they they tease like showing, like making it out to be like, Jen accuses Meredith of being the one who told her, who told the feds where she was. Like, so that's like, again, there's this interpersonal thing that's like carrying the continuation of this like legal plot, which is just kind of, and and one thing I will say about Salt Lake is that I was always super into that show. And I think it made me want to start talking about it on a podcast because well, it was COVID. So I was like pretty bored, but also I was like, (laughs) but also I was like, I was like, okay, this is like a brand new housewives season. Mm. That's like doing really well right away. Like Mm -hmm. that's just kind of cool to me because it's like, oh, these people are like, they all know we've talked about this, but they all know who they're supposed to be. They know the character they're supposed to be. Like they know how to be like a real, they know how to be on the real housewives and like, I think that that's just like an, I always think about that when I watch them because they all seem to be like really playing into like a housewife stereotype in a lot of ways. Well, I think that Jen Shaw, like, I don't, I can't remember where I saw this, but I think that it's like on record that, or it's not on record, but Jen Shaw is really inspired by Teresa Giudice. Yeah. And I don't think that she's said that publicly. But I think that there have been allusions to how she's looked up to Teresa Judice. Is that how I'm, is that how you pronounce that? I think she, I think it's weirdly. I've always thought it was Judice, but then I heard people say it Judice. 
whatever. I've never seen Real Housewives in New Jersey, but either I can't get, I can't go into the action. Can't relate. I know that's not, I just can't relate. It's like, it's too much. And the but, husbands are like huge mafia bros who are always punching each other. I'm like, I can't really deal. I know it's, it's diff. It's a lot, but um, anyway, but like uh, you can really, and, and also on Instagram, right? You see on Instagram, whenever Kyle Richards posts anything, um, Lisa Barlow is commenting and liking, but not in any of the other housewives. Like Lisa Barlow really wants to be Kyle. I mean, who wouldn't want to be Kyle, right? But I think that I think that you can tell even on Instagram who they like, who they post with, blah, blah, blah. You can tell who they want to be. And Meredith Marks is always going to New York. And she's posting all for like high society New York things. I think that like she has this big like hard on for like Ramona or like Tinsley or because even the yeah. Chicago thing, right? Like yeah. you can tell and all the, you know, even there we have New York, New Jersey, Beverly Hills. Like you have like the um like the character layout, but it's from from three different franchises of the of the show. You mean in Salt Lake, you have all those templates in that. Right, exactly. Like you've all the different cities. It's not like, oh, one of them wants yeah. to be Kyle from Beverly Hills, Lisa Rinnan from Beverly Hills, Lisa Vander from Lisa Vanderpump from Beverly Hills. They yeah. all want to be the star of different cities. Yeah. Which is so like um so much more individualistic of a um I don't know that might sound silly but obviously these shows are about like individuals but they are about the group they are hugely about the group but I do agree with you that I feel like what you're saying is making me think that like Salt Lake is like this group of like people who are like all characters in their own right who are like driving forward their own futures like there's let there's a more like understanding of what they're doing maybe or something yeah uh, well I, it, I've been thinking a lot about that too because they're very different in Salt Lake City I think oh, that yeah. in the other cities they're similar and I think that like for example we can just talk about Beverly Hills because that's going on right now I think that they can all relate over liking the same types of handbags or alcohol for example like crystal really fits in because she she like knows how to make a really good dirty martini or a really good cocktail <laughs> and she has a ninety thousand dollar hermes bag exactly so she can relate automatically to the woman based on like alcohol consumption and and like and like taste right sure. but i think that uh in salt lake city first of all they all care deeply about their different religions you got the Mormon, you got the, um, you got Jen who practices Islam. Um, Converted and then, from, there's a lot of conversions too. Right. And then you also have uh, the Jew who and is. you have Pentecostal crazy pants cult leader. Right. And I think that's like through yeah. that, it's, it's strange to see people whose like number one personality point is their religion yeah it's all interact because you realize that they're they're very much so speaking different languages right and yeah that's fully that's a great point and like they had a recent episode with the shabbat (laughs) and lisa who's jewish lisa who like grew up jewish is like going to the shabbat dinner and like i i actually wanted to talk to him i felt like 
I felt like that was like a little bit like felt like there was a little bit of a weird vibe like and like so we are this is episode two of season two of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City where Meredith Marks um has a Shabbat dinner at her gorgeous Salt Lake City Park City home um and she invites uh Lisa Barlow and Lisa Barlow's family Lisa Barlow is a Jew who converted to Mormonism I think her husband's Mormon though Right, right. Her husband is Mormon, but she and her family converted to Mormonism. For some reason, I always relate Lisa Barlow to Kathy Hilton. Oh, weird. I hate Lisa Barlow. I can't stand that bitch. Yeah. I mean, I kind of love her. I can't stand her. I just like want to get my nails. Like I want to go to the nail salon with her. I can't stand the fact that she feeds her children sonic fast food for breakfast and is always drinking a big gulp. I'm like, please, please. Oh my God. And that incre- that brilliant moment when she was like, I don't fish, but the fish tacos at Del Taco right now are like so good. I love her. Like apparently Diet Coke is like a cultural thing in Mormonism. Like Mormons love Diet Coke. Because they what can't does that drink mean. Well, because they can't drink coffee. Why? Because of caffeine. It's a sin or some shit. But Diet Coke is caffeine. But it's like non-sinning caffeine. Oh. I heard that on a podcast today. So I do feel like they're, I mean, and that's my thing. That's the thing about Lisa that I feel like I get uncomfortable with. There's like a cultural, the Mormon cultural difference thing. I'm like, what the, who are what are you guys? What are you people doing? Who are you? Yeah, the Mormons are weird though. The Mormons are like the Mormons are really fucking weird. The Mormons are so who would well, convert? You, sorry, who would convert to Mormonism from Judaism? A freak. Like, yeah. A freak. Um I'm looking up Diet Coke Mormons. But no, but I think that there is there's this really crazy moment on season two, episode three, the most recent episode of Salt Lake City, where Heather was like, I brought my girls up to be like perfect. And this is Blonde. like a direct quote. She goes, perfect, blonde, skinny, Mormon virgin girls she and they skinny but she did say i raised my daughter to be beautiful blonde virginal mormon women but then what she did is then she shows pictures of them she's like they even went on their like traditional mormon trail where they needed to like i don't even know from from point a to point b where it was but i think that it's like a tradition for like girls and men or whatever who are growing up mormon to like go on a mormon trail it's but it's so it's like it's like a pioneer trail it's like where your ancestors pioneer trail but it's like it's so um like reappropriated because it's like obviously the original mormons were like fully massacring native americans yeah, and had dysentery and were like it's so incredibly beyond racist just like all these horrible horrible things that now they kind of just like fully blow over because they're just like oh you're just a beautiful blonde mormon trying to survive on this pioneer trail and i don't know heather heather is very fascinating to me because she's like uh, at once like super conservative but she doesn't admit that but i feel like instead of admitting that she's really conservative she makes it up by being like strangely uh socially liberal i think the religion part about Salt Lake City is I mean it is pretty it is pretty fascinating it's just like wow because you just see these and and I'm and I'm very excited to see the cult discussion happen around Mary and Mary for those listening is um 
Mary Cosby. Mary Cosby. She is married to her step grandfather because her grandmother was like the first lady of this huge Pentecostal church. And basically Mary inherited everything from her grandmother when she died, including her husband. Um, which is like, I don't know. It's fucking weird, but it's like it, it may or may not money be true, though. It that I've done some research into that. Ooh, like really? yeah, like is I it that she was left in the will or that there that he's her step grandfather. Left in the will. But I, how about I I can like I'll send you the YouTube video. Yeah. It's I'll all YouTube. It. And then we'll uh no, but like next time we can actually like both watch it and get into yeah. it. But I think that that even is that may be a little bit of a fib on Mary's part. This season, the teasers have shown that she's accused of being a cult leader. And it she has cult vibes, I gotta say. And I'm very curious to see how that kind of comes into the conversation with like the Mormonism stuff. Cause like aren't Mormons very cult inclined? I feel like they kind of are. Yeah, for sure. But that's like one of the major foils of the of of Mary, right? It's like people are saying that she's a cult leader, but actually it's they're all kind of like self-obsessed with their own fucked up rules and regulations of their own sure. religions. And they're really weird on Salt Lake City. And there's something about that show. And I think that this is also what we're getting at with being like it's the newest. I think that a lot of the drive of the show is like the otherness of them. It's actually a good segue. The only people that I've ever encountered from Utah or Salt Lake City are Lala Kent and Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules. Who make a cameo on season one. Yeah. Right. They are like they are like the reality TV ambassadors. They are the Bravo ambassadors to Salt Lake City. But that's the thing is like, can you imagine like the biggest celebrities you know are like the 30 year olds on Vanderpump Rules. What a strange crossover. I mean, this is the biggest news of the week. Uh, last night, there was the premiere of Vanderpump Rules season which nine. nine. Season nine. Um, it's been like, it's a long time. I didn't realize that it had gone on. Nine years is a long time. Yeah. And it's basically been the same. This is the first season that it's, there's a different cast. It's been the same cast for like nine years. And I love that Dana is no longer, I hated Dana. Okay. I'm feeling pretty good about this season. We got, we trimmed the fat people. No, no, but you don't mean that in terms of the fat people. You said we trimmed the fat comma people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, please, please. Please don't, don't, um, no, yes. I mean, we trimmed the fat from the cast. Like if you'd like no, to know just, more about this theory. Because I'm usually the one who's uh, preoccupied with the fat people, but I think if, that you <laughs> if, Because we got rid of the gay sex criminal jacks. <laughs> if you are interested in this theory, um, listen to our last, our couple episodes ago with Becca Teich, um, Gail uh, Vanderpump Rubens. Um, we got rid of Stasi, fascist tyrant and racist. We got rid of Kristen, too much psycho. I was over it. I couldn't deal with it anymore. And we got rid of these new people who were like really not cool and like- But also really racist too. Also it was just like, 
they they're like you know a lot of people these days on like uh reality shows people like we're gonna cancel them for their past tweets and some of them it's just like this woman is pretty and you're like stop objectifying that person but like these two new people literally would just be like they'd like type the n-word they're white first of all and they type the n-word in all capitals and be like this is my favorite word n-word 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 and it's here's the thing people we're talking two three years ago we're talking two three years ago i know it's like full-on adulthood not that that's ever okay but this was like i don't know just really psychotic racist behavior anyway this season so you were talking about earlier you were saying like you feel excited to be like a part of salt lake city like as it's happening and like I always, I just had like the most, like the, I had like the most comforting feeling watching Vanderpump Rules being like, they're my friends. <laughs> because we, because we met Raquel and I, I almost gave Jeremy Maddox a, a BJ in the, in the parking lot. <laughs> and I took a photo with James who was like coming out as the star of the season. Okay. Also James, can I just say, James is so hot in person on the show. He's kind of uggo in person. James Raquel are beautiful. Okay, Raquel is like 5'11 and like weighs 115 pounds. I know. Hashtag goals. She's so beautiful. Lala is looking fucking gorge. Yeah. She's got that mommy glow. She's got those oh. mommy titties. She looks amazing. She looks great. And Randall is now on the show as well. I know, which I like. Also, their houses are so target chic so one of the big plot points strangely is the interior design of tom and ariana and it that okay this show is it's just becoming so obvious now uh, obvious it's going back to its roots yeah which is sheena and brandy glanville's relationship Sheena is the richest of Vanderpump Rules. Brandy is the poorest of Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. So it's the relationship between like this strange middle class, ostensibly the working class, but like the working class of the failed actors and artists who are now on reality television. They're Mm -hmm. all millennials. Yeah. And now they're adult millennials in the show with their children and their and their lives. They're not just working in the restaurant anymore. I don't know. There's like, there's, I, I want to like read a fucking theory book. I don't know. Like I want someone else to explain it to me. Well, Vanderpump Rules is so much about the cast and like about the combination of the cast and like the perfect storm of chaos that they all work together. Right, it so, can't go back. It can't go back to the newbies. It no. needs to be, that is such a good point, like, And like, so now, so now we've lost arguably the biggest stars of the show who were Kristen Jackson Stasi, who like yeah, created the most insane chaos and like did the most, did the worst things to people. But now we don't have them. And so I was like, how are we going to go on with this? And I'm already, I'm already in because I was like, oh, I already know these people. But I feel like it's very easy to be like assign this new season of like, oh, there's different cat. Like we got rid of like the really crazy people like, oh, they all have babies. Like they're going to just, you know, sink off into adulthood. But like, it's funny because the show itself can like feel that from the audience. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. 
you know, like the edit is like Sheena being like, I've really, I'm the happiest I've ever been. And she's like sobbing at the dinner table being like, she just isn't very nice to me. And Lala being like, it's really changed me. And like swearing, like cussing. The next scene is her cussing somebody out. Like nothing changes, nothing changes. I think that actually Vanderpump Rules is one of like the realest reality television shows. And I think that it's because they're like, they're, they're purported truth and desire, which is their filmed truth and desire. I think it's to be on the show. So I think that what you see is this like incredibly truthful um, um, drive towards being filmed. But I think that that makes them crazy because they have no other truth. It's not a facade. Who they are on the show is their core. And it was this first episode, the premiere, uh, which aired yesterday on the 28th of September, it they had the hibachi dinner at Tom and Ariana's house, which first of all reminded me of the D'Amelio show and they had the hibachi dinner there. So it's like, they're acting like teenagers. And it's not COVID because no one really cares about COVID anymore. But they were all just having their like banal, stupid ass conversations about the sociality or like those strange fucked up social dynamics between them, which are like already established that a reality show about like the mundane is going to be about the mundane social realism of yeah. stupid fucking dumbass interpersonal relationships. But they all have like become convinced by that form. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes Ariana go crazy. Yeah. But it's like they're so into playing the part that all you're seeing is all you get. And when you and I went to Sir and we met Jeremy, uh, James, and what's Raquel. this called? Raquel, they were exactly like they were on the show. Exactly. That was insane. And it was so weird because, I mean, I know that you've met Chris Jenner before. Right? Very briefly, yes. That but you said that she insane. was just like, it was funny to you because she was different than on the show. She was like really nice and she was really like, whatever. I didn't have a long interaction with her, but she was incredibly friendly. Like, but that's not who she is on the show. Like, on the show, she's yeah. not that. Like, I think that, like, in real life, she's doing her own thing. Like, it's different than yeah. her family personality. But for Vanderpump Rules, they're like, kind of exactly who they are on the show not because they're being honest about who they are but because right. the show is it has has been their puberty yeah that's a great point and that's what reminds so in the beginning of this conversation to kind of make a loop back you know we were talking about like how it's how it's not like the real housewives is no longer really like focused on the dailiness and like Vanderpump Rules still is so daily feeling you know like Mm -hmm. it's still so much like these are the lives they're leading like you know they open and they do this in housewives too but like you know they open the episode with like everybody in the morning like what everyone's doing in the morning you know like Mm -hmm. cup of coffee they're like kissing their little baby they're like getting ready for school they're getting ready their kids ready for school they're going to work like it starts in the morning and the thing about Vanderbilt rules is that it goes through the whole day And then you, and it's the same function that it always had where you start in the morning. They're either, they're usually hung over, rolling over in bed with their significant other who are Mm -hmm. all part of the show. And then they go to work and then there's a party and then there's a fight. 
And then the next episode is they wake up or the fight is mid fight. But like it's Vanpump Rules is actually still adhering to that dailiness. And like, I want that. Like I found myself being like, I was like, I, I miss that vibe. That is, that's fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That is just like, that is so nail on the head. I'm actually like, what I'll say is I've been thinking a lot about that right. lately. Um, we, I, I was, I watched the 45 minute episode today and I felt so satisfied. Same. I missed it. I missed it. And I felt so fucked up. I was yeah. like, damn, like I fucking miss this shit because it's so easy. Yes. We've become addicted to that pleasure of expectation. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, this premiere, I'm like, I'm pretty stoked this season. I think it's going to be pretty good. That's what I'm saying though. It's like, because they knew that firing Stassi and Kristen and, and Dax left. Right. And, and Jack's left. They knew that it would be difficult to recreate that drama because that, that literally was the original trio. Like that was the original drama of the show yeah. was Stassi and Jax were dating. Then Kristen slept with jo- Jax, with Jax, <laughs> with Jax. And like, the most insane the whole... thing I've ever seen on TV. That was, that was fucking wild. And uh, that was like <laughs> so the first good. three seasons. That was insane. That was like an anthropological. I made Sam watch that season with me. I was like, you have to watch this. I like want to watch it again because it was just, it was so satisfying, but it's like, I I don't know. And we've talked about this before, but it's like, I think that watching this, it was just like a reminder of how good the show was. And I've never seen Vanderpump Rules like episode by episode. Like I've only seen it just like binge watching it um, after the seasons have already come out, which is why like, I forgot that they were actually kind of old now. But uh, crazy, and their baby. I mean, it's like a Kardashian thing as well. Their babies are part of it. No, I was thinking that with the babies and the pregnancy thing, and like the mother journey is like very Kardashian. But also like the fact that we followed them since so nine years. So Lala's thirty one now, so she was twenty two when she started. Like, and so the passage of time is like very marked. Like we can see like, and it's very easy to tell the passage of time and like. It's kind of like, I think that, that, that like, but they also are referencing that in the show for sure. You know, being like, like I saw Sheena post something today. It was like, oh, like memories or something like memory lane. And it's like them, it's like Sheena singing on the bar. And now she like has a baby. Like, it's this like, we're kind of like scrapbook, like family. <laughs> right. But it's also just like how we were. I mean, you, I won't say we, but you kind of predicted the fall of, or the end of Real Housewives in New York. So you were like, they're literally too old. (laughs) But I wonder, like, is this going to be the last season of Vanderpump Rules? Because like, you, I mean, I guess that this, because we're used to in reality television, it being a repeated narrative of the same character type is not just like following a person through their life that's more like art film like a link later almost like before sunset before sunrise before midnight type shit but reality tv with vendor from rules that honestly could do that like it literally could just follow like the same people because with that 
you know, or is it going to end? Or is it just like going to end because they're all going to be like, I'm too old for this shit. I have enough money. Like, what do you think about that? I think I got to watch a little more of the season, but I think that we might have like one or two more seasons left in us, mm-hmm. but that this might be the last season. I really think it could be. I think that this it might be the last suddenly season. be the last season, but I also do think that like Bravo knows how to make money and like they might like wait for season 10, even number 10 years and be like, this is the last season and gear you up for watching it. And it's going to be like full of tears of like, this is the last season, but this season feels like it could be that too. I totally agree. But Bravo also like needs money, especially because they don't have New York anymore. And I think that Hulu also just got Kardashians, which was like e-network, but yeah, well, Hulu's taken on reality TV. Right. So I, th- I think that that's like kind of fascinating that maybe they'll have a were- spinoff, maybe like Tom and Tom will get a spinoff. That actually sounds pretty good, which is probably why Ariana <laughs> and Katie are becoming so close is because they can like taste it. Right. Like maybe that's, I mean, I feel like that is how they're all thinking. It's like, that's what's next. Or like, because you know that uh, Jax and Brittany, they got that spinoff with Kentucky, like perhaps like um, it's going to be like Sheena and Brock go to Australia or where the fuck well, he's from. Brock is making himself in the teasers he is clearly a part of the show baby he also just like apparently has children that he hasn't spoken to and like four other children that's so weird also he is the most giant hulking man i've ever seen in my life he's those photos of him lifting up with one hand and during the pandemic are the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) he's so awkward in his like gold suit during his interviews he's a weird he's weird vibes he's a weird guy i'm sorry those people are weird australians australians are the craziest people i've ever met in my entire life i like i had i i've had a couple insane nights out in europe with australians and i they you've never met people who can go harder than (laughs) australians it was like 8 p.m and they were like drunker than i've ever been in my entire life well, I, I was drunker than I've ever been in my entire life. And they were just like, we're just getting ready to go. And they 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 go. It's like yeah. my night partying is like the nighttime. Well, Australians are also like so they party for weeks. Australians are so physical are all the personal trainers of LA. Like every personal trainer in LA is Australian. Yeah. Kirsty like God's so like hot tan guy. I know they're crazy. The Australians are wild. Maybe it's like going to be, and also, you know, that restaurant in New York rubies. Yeah. That's all Australians. The Australians are taking over. They're, they're coming back from their weird prison Island. I mean, yeah. So ultimately watch these new seasons. It's fun to finally, I've never really been like caught up on all these shows. Like I've always binged from the back and now I'm like in the <laughs> present and it's like, it's a whole different world. It's a whole it's different, a different experience. I definitely feel a little bit more anxious <laughs> about watching it because like, I can't, I don't feel as in control. Right, Cause you don't know what happens next. Right. I can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like watch and see what happens. But this is your chance to watch along, um, start mm-hmm. up on VPR. There's some good torrenting sites. You can figure it out. You're all children of the internet. Um, 
start watching Beverly Hills if you haven't. You really should because I think like the end of the season is going to be explosive and there's going to be a reunion, which is going to be great. Can't wait for the reunion. Keep on keeping up. Excited to keep watching and stay tuned for new episodes. We're going to have a guest soon, which will be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned. Follow it's us on Instagram. Money can't buy you class underscore pod. You know the drill. You know the drill. We love all of you. It's been so fun, Gem. Love yeah. you lots. XO, Keep on XO. keeping on. Keep on keeping up. That's our new thing. Keep yeah. on keeping up. Keep on keeping up. All right. Bye. Bye.